Welcome to Tiger Pops Podcast, a place to dissect, analyze, and swoon over the webtoon Midnight Poppyland. Every week, we'll go through another episode and break down character development, relationship regression, plot, symbolism, body language, and more. And of course, we'll be bringing out those tinfoil hats for some theory time. Every week, we'll be joined by sharp-witted, detail-obsessed, and dare I say, thirsty fans ready to tackle the latest gem. Let the analysis begin. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 39 of Tiger Pops. And this one is going to be a doozy, and I already felt the tears coming. So we are lucky to be co-hosted today by the wonderful Emily Bass and Ashleen Schufelt, if I pronounced that correctly, and I'll yes. let them introduce themselves. Go ahead, Ashleen. All right. I'm Ashleen Schufelt. I'm from both the Feminist uh, Critique and Disney Dives, uh, both on Spotify and iTunes, and um, I'm excited to be here. And I'm Emily Bass. I've been a patron for about two years, um, and I'm absolutely obsessed with this story, of course. Um, And I'm 29. I work with my husband in a family business for distributing um, plastic model kits, toys, hobbies, stuff like that throughout the country. Um, And that's about it. That's cool. Okay. I didn't know you were patron for two years. That's... um... So uh, just like, this is not related to the episode, but what, so you probably saw the first version of MPL, right? I did. Yes. I was and how, how has it changed? Like, can you tell us? Sorry, what was the question? How has it changed from the oh, first version? Not, uh, just like more, I think it's just more in depth. I mean, like the, the general mm-hmm. beginning of the storyline, you know, did the same. There are a few like little details that were changed. Um, started off in black and white actually which was interesting um at the beginning of of the story uh, and then she added color after like i think four or five episodes or something they were significantly shorter um but yeah it's it's pretty like you didn't miss out on anything like she no. still the same story um and it's just like there's a lot more details in this one so both in the actual storyline and the art everything um, oh the the art is so much better because yeah. like not um that it was like terrible but it just um she's really um like vincent uh beth human looks completely Mm -hmm. different like i I recently looked back at the ones that i saved and Mm -hmm. oh boy like different (laughs) oh i love i i love he's like my favorite villain of all time i have a weak spot and I, i like a good villain and uh and he's definitely, I mean, we don't see that much of him yet in this story. I don't remember if we saw a lot more of him in the original. I don't, I don't No, think, not really. Like we had, the, I think, more of him in, in the, phone, the original phone call asking about the notebook, but um, mm-hmm. it was not much. But yeah, I just, oh God, he's just so wickedly evil and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that. I mean, to me, like um, Tora is representative of the kind of like, person who has had a troubled background that I've always fallen in love with since I was a kid. And my husband is also from that kind of background, although I didn't realize it when I, w- when I married him. <laughs> but I've always had the soft spot that I've had is for somebody who's like troubled and like torn and conflicted, not like a villain, but who definitely has had like a very abusive past. That's like some oh, weird thing. absolutely. So yeah, Satora is 100% that, even though I recognize <laughs> that like in my own reality that it, it, it lends a, a bunch of issues to, to relationship and to life. So, um, you know, it's like, careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, that's what makes it so, I don't know, realistic. Like you can, you can see th- these aren't just characters. They're like, I don't know, they're, they're real people. Like they're parts of, of, I don't know, probably like Lily Dust's soul. And, um, mm-hmm. 
they, they each have their own individual like problems and like things that they're overcoming and like it just makes them so like relatable to like everybody like you know you can kind of put in different situations and very own. human like yeah. very um well I, I think lily mentioned this in her patreon before uh like just people being people and mm-hmm. i think that's you know why it's so beloved at this point because it's so fleshed out and also why we're going to cry a lot during this podcast. Yes. Yes. So real. Oh my gosh. Yes, exactly. Okay. So let's get into it because we need to, <laughs> we need to let those tears out. I'm like, I'm literally, I'm not, I can't, I'm already just looking at the first panel. Okay. <sighs> we need to talk. We need to, we need to be able to <laughs> ourselves in cogent words. Mm-hmm. Okay. So at the start, Tora brings up the um, cheating boyfriend. Now we kind of, we discussed this already like last episode about the reasons that he's bringing up the boyfriend, right? You know, to figure out like, is she on a rebound and also to allow her to express herself, which is Tora's selflessness just pouring through. Oh my gosh, this man is the same again. <laughs> and, and then, you know, and then Poppy, Poppy responds, right? Like we're, we've been waiting all week for Poppy's response and like how mm-hmm. she's going to talk about him. And some of us were scared that she would, um, you know, have thoughts of getting back together with him. But thankfully, that is not what is going through her mind. And, you know, she says he's a jerkwad, not even worth talking about. And, and like, asks, bolded, like X and jerkwad. It's like she's emphasizing, like, this guy sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Tora asks her, um, are you sad that he's no longer in your life? Again, like, he's um, just, again, like, giving her a a place to express herself and wanting her to express herself with she's he's so super emotionally perceptive so yeah so this this actually this hit me hard because i feel like i mean with men that i've dated my my current husband we've been together for 10 years now and like love that man he's absolutely wonderful but like he always wants to fix something like i think that's like mm-hmm. a, I think it's a general like stereotype with men mm-hmm. that like sure a lot of them can like listen and be very sensitive but like I know at least with mine, it's like, okay, here's your problem. Like I you're upset. I want to fix this. Like, how do we how do we get there? Whereas like Torres just like listening to her and like he's like just ready for her to rant and be like, I'm just here. Like if you want, if you need anything, like just talk to me about it. And like God bless fictional men because like I, I want that. <laughs> But it's true. Like when you are talking to somebody, right. And uh, you just kind of want to like rant and like get it out there and figure it out on your own. Right. But then Mm -hmm. you're talking to somebody who's like trying to give you like how to fix your problems or whatever. And you're like, no, just listen to me. Like, just listen to me. Okay. Like available. And like, I I don't need unsolicited advice. Mm -hmm. Just listen. Yeah, like we want to climb him like a mountain because he's gorgeous, but like mostly it's just because he's so sensitive and beautiful inside. I'm like, it's just perfect. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah. we're gonna need first interludes here because I'm gonna be crying if we don't have them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but it and is no- really. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, just uh, that it is like really true that. Um, her kind of going on about uh well not going on about the ex-boyfriend but you know mentions that like no she has made that final decision that like uh jura i think that's how i've been pronouncing Mm -hmm. it um Mm -hmm. that it they are not together anymore right so Mm -hmm. um which like you said i'm i'm happy to see that yes Mm. i'm curious if she reached out to him um i don't you know i doesn't doesn't look like it so far, but you know, there's always a lot that Lily puts in later about the past. She like backfills. I was wondering, and, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, we'll see, right? You know, it's interesting because when when I first started reading the um, episodes, I was like, why isn't she processing this, you know, the breakup? And, you know, she doesn't show us that she's thinking about it. So I'm happy that now here she's addressing it because I was like, it doesn't make any sense that she has this boyfriend that she doesn't know her. And then she's like, totally not thinking about it. So I was happy to see all that, all this. And by the way, Torah here is like, he doesn't even want to hear about him, which he's like, I says, I'm not too keen on hearing about him, which I interpret as kind of like jealousy you know he doesn't want to hear about the guy that broke her heart and that made her angry and that mistreated her and also like he's possessive of her I mean he's not really possessive because that's like one of the things we like about him but he doesn't want to hear about the girl he likes like that oh yeah because I mean like even when she mentioned uh Jacob at one point he was like who's Jacob I mean, I love, sorry. I mean, possessive is maybe a, a negative term. Like that can be obviously very toxic in a relationship. Like, mm-hmm. also, like give me a strong caveman who just wants to throw me over his shoulder and drag me into a cave and like <laughs> his. Cause like, yeah, sure. That's not realistic in real life, but this is a webtoon. And whenever he gets like that jaw clench or that, like, like this just made me, this, this definitely like helped me to remember that like, he doesn't want to hear about Jill or he doesn't want to hear about Jacob. Like he just kind of wants her to himself, even though, we know where this mm-hmm. is going right now. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Sad, so sad. she does. So she does start talking a little bit about how um, her ex boyfriend treated her, right, and how it took mm-hmm. uh, like her self esteem kind of taking a beating because, um, in a sense, he was gaslighting her. Mm-hmm. You know, with yeah. the the parts of saying like she's being too sensitive, That's and fun. she didn't, you know, know how to. She was kind of at that between where she's like, should I go or should I stay? Which a lot of us have been uh, either in a relationship or friendship where like, you know, you're not being treated well, but you don't know whether to stay or or go. A hundred percent. And that just makes me like I've I've been fortunate that like I've never experienced anything to that level. But like I know. Like, I know I was definitely the one in relationships where, like, I was hoping they would break up with me because, like, I hated to have to, like, I don't like confrontation. I don't like having to make someone else upset. And, like, if I was in another situation where, like, they were manipulative and making me feel bad about myself, like, I would be second-guessing myself a million times more. That whole, like, lying awake at night, like, thinking about, like, is it me? Like, what did I do wrong? Like, going over every situation, like, that hit home, like, really hard. I think for a lot – I think for a lot of women. um, Mm -hmm. And – I like that's another reason why I love Lily Desk's work is that like she highlights she's like very empowering to women in like a very quiet like in a very quiet way um mm-hmm. over these things that like I think a lot of people don't talk about like she obviously Poppy's 21 now when she was with jewelry it must have started when she was at least in high school if not you know before um and people don't really talk about these kind of things at a young age and I think it can be very confusing for women going through this for the first time, this this was probably her first like real relationship with jewelry mm. and she doesn't know what's normal. Like, you know, maybe this, like when she was crying, like she was, she just found him cheating on her in episode one and she's going away from him, like driving with like tears and everything in her eyes. And she's yeah. like, was it me? Like, did I not give him enough attention? And I think that's a, a very common, like negative thought that goes through women's heads. And like, this is something that, I know like a lot of webtoons re- webtoon readers are younger and I think this is important for them to to be mm-hmm. able to kind of no no this is not normal like this is not okay and you're okay to one be upset about it and two to get out. Well exactly cuz I mean whether it's like emotional verbal or 
Um, like there's other forms of abuse besides like, you know, hitting somebody. Right. But a lot of people don't realize that because Mm -hmm. they've either grown up in, you know, a similar situation and that's just their norm. Right. Um, but, but it isn't the norm. Like, um, verbal and emotional abuse is very common. Uh, so when we see that it's not happening, we're going like, what, what, why aren't you yelling at me at some, you know, about this thing that I did? Right. <laughs> yeah. And I also like what um, I totally agree with you that Lily is putting in this wisdom. One of the things I like harkening back to the episode where they were at Alice's restaurant and Tora, you know, storms out and Alice tells um, Poppy that, you know, leave him alone and he'll come back to you like when it's his time and you don't have to be responsible for his emotional state. And that is, you know, very profound and yes. very mature. Sorry, that's that just I made me really happy because like, again, it's like older women passing on knowledge to younger women. Like that's just a very um, inspirational like thought. And like maybe a poppy had never heard that before. Like you're not responsible for everyone else's happiness. And like you see like at the end of I forget what chapter it was, but after um, Tora leaves her house after dinner and she's just kind of like in the dark, she's been propping up so many people that day. And like she's been giving her own, you know emotional support to everyone and and receiving i mean from tour at least she received some but like she, she's probably not used to receiving that same emotional support back um mm-hmm. and she's taking on other people's health in her own hands um and that's draining and exhausting and it's like sure she's a great friend and you should be doing that for friends but it's also just not your responsibility for everybody you don't have to you don't have to take care of everyone you know right and i think also in in the same restaurant episode when um poppy mentions that jacob talks about her weight i think mm-hmm. so torah gets upset and he's like oh your weight is fine and then and you know he like says something negative about jacob and poppy also says that um other people's perceptions are their own to bear and basically like i can handle it like i it doesn't matter what other people think about me or what they say and i can handle that so it's like it's this double-pronged message of other people have to take care of themselves and i have to take care of myself as well and i have to uh, you know be confident in myself no matter what other people say about me or tease me you know how to tease me Mm-hmm. which is very profound and i think that's something that uh, a lot of uh, like us readers kind of need to hear or at least read right mm-hmm. <laughs> well yeah. a lot, because a lot of us are young and it's uh, kind of like these little le- life lessons that are kind of put in there here and there which i really appreciate <laughs> Right. And I know that like, um, I, I'm like, uh, I read all the like Patreon comments and I'm always look on the lookout for a comment from Lily because she puts in these little nuggets that talk about a little bit hint about her life and her experiences and how they play into Midnight Poppy Land. And I know that Lily is in her somehow, um, I believe she's in her late thirties and I'm in my, I just turned 31 yesterday. <laughs> so one of the things like, I've always wanted to be a novelist. Yeah. Thank you. So since I was like a kid, I wanted to be a novelist. It was like my first thought. I was like five or six. And I was like, okay, I'm going to write novels and I want to leave fiction that will, you know, impress the world and like be there forever. And um, I currently do something totally unrelated. I'm in in business. And um, for years, I really regretted that I wasn't able to pursue my creative um, interests full time. And then I realized that as I was aging, I was gaining more wisdom and more life experiences. And I was able to produce better you know, better art and better, you know, whatever, whether it was stories or, you know, let's say screenplays and that the time spent in living life was actually making, would be making my novels better than if I had been able to write right away, like at 20. A hundred percent. Yes. 
Oh yeah. Like it's, um, writing what you know and what like your experiences in life and putting that into writing is so much better than, um, cause you, you kind of see with, uh, I don't know if you guys have read, um, like Sarah J Moss or, but some of her first books are very different from the stuff that she's writing now. And it's because of life experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I haven't read her, but I will, you know, look her up now. <laughs> Same. Yeah. So, anyway, so she continues and like her description of gaslighting is really good. And, and I, again, I, I get, never had personal experience with this, but um, I did have a family member that was in a, oh my gosh, in a relationship that was just like this for many, many years trying to think probably like 40 years and they got divorced when they were in their sixties and they were telling me at the time, they're like, Oh, you know, do you think I did the right thing? And I was like, Oh, hell yeah, you did the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause she still had feelings for him and she still felt bad. And um, she wasn't, she, her, right. She had lost her, like her ability to tell what was normal and what was not normal. Yeah. And like, well, her, all her kids were begging her to get divorced from their own father. They were like, you know, dad mistreats you, leave him. And um, she would, she took her 40 years to do it. And it's, I mean, like that, obviously that's very common and sad. And like, I think, so uh, Toro is talking about like, you didn't know if you should have stayed or left. And like, he's emphasis on like, no. And that makes me wonder, like, you know, it's not just romantic relationships. It's also like, you know, bosses, jobs. He's, he's literally in like a fam, like a mafia family. Um, And it's Mm -hmm. the same kind of situation for him. Like to me, I, I read that as, like you didn't know if you should have left. Like obviously you should know that you should leave. It's just that like whether you can or can't. Like he probably knows that he needs to get out of his relationship with Vincent and in that group. He just probably doesn't have a way to or know how to. Um, that's how I took that. I don't. I don't know if that's true or not. But yeah, he directly he references it when he says, you know, you're not wrong. It's never easy when you're the one trapped on the inside. Mm-hmm. And you know, with that like focused look in his eyes, which tells you he's thinking about his own experience. Yes. Very true. Yeah, I love that, um, like, faraway look. You can tell, like, the micro – I think people always talk about this, but, like, Lily's micro expressions are just so – so intense that like you can i will often like i read the chapter first way too fast and miss so many details because i'm just like <laughs> panicking and crying and freaking out and then i'll read it like a, third, a second time and i'll like pay attention to like the little details the little words the bold stuff like that that i might have missed and then i read it a third time and don't look at any of the dialogue and i just try and like mm. i can tell i probably should try this the other way around one time like i'm pretty sure you could tell at least the tone and like the gist of what is going on in each episode just from the art because like the little expressions little eyebrow like wrinkles the jaw clenches the like distant look in people's eyes and like it's just you can tell so much from this and you're right in in that one scene like he's looking away and like you can tell he's at least ruminating on his own experiences yeah that is that is so true i was reading um this book on screenwriting yesterday and it was talking about the differences between screenwriting and um, novel writing mm. and novel writing, you know, they use words, but cinematography. And in this case, this webtoon uses pictures. And, you know, when Lily, sometimes she does like two panels of like the same thing, but focusing in on another detail. And mm. this is like, this is a visual medium and you, you know, she's giving us so much meaning through her, her yeah. drawings. <laughs> It's like watching a movie. I, I can't like. I just. It's you're not. It's yeah. It's a mixture of reading a book and watching a movie at the same time. And it's just like I get so freaking excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the things like when um you know Tora validates her and he he supports her and he says like oh it could have happened to anybody and I hope you're not blaming yourself. And then you know you see his arm moving closer and it says grip, 
Mm. And he's just like bringing her closer because he loves her so much. He's so supportive. It's really sweet, like him just kind of like supporting her like that. And uh, also, too, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I think, too, the reason why he's holding on to her because he's mentioned it a few times, like that you're going to slip off, right? And that you're going to like fall off of this. It makes me wonder because he grew up like, you know, coming to this area with his friends if someone either slipped off or he slipped off of that. Oh God, that's like that's dark. I was like, I was the other way around. Where he's like, oh, like I got you, girl. Like you're, yeah, this is dangerous. Come here, and just like an excuse to hold her. But that's just because that's what I want. <laughs> you probably, mm-hmm. I like your theory though. Well, that would be terrible. I don't, I don't know. It looks pretty high up. I don't know if anybody could survive that. <laughs> I think, I think it's like you know, I well, I don't know how you know how far it is but it's kind of like when not like a complete cliff but you know how there's like bushes uh sometimes yeah i I like to think that it's that hello hello Um, oh sorry yeah connection got lost for a second Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything went silent. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Um, Pretty amazing tool, but sometimes it can black out. Yeah. yeah, so anyway, so then it goes to this panel where um, Poppy says, you know, leaving him was the right decision. And now I feel like I could finally breathe. And, you know, then you see like her framed against the open sky and her looking up and feeling, yeah. looking free. And his arm is not around her at in this panel which i think is artistic license because technically his arm really is still around her i think but um lily's showing that she can stand on her own and be free i love that which is like a very a very amazing thing to kind of see how she framed it like that um because like whenever you make a decision or you get out of like a relationship or whatever, and you kind of have that freedom of like, yes, this is what it, it was supposed to be like, like where you were in a dark time and now it's okay. Uh, anyways, I like, I really, it really resonated with me and I felt that in this panel. Yeah, that, and so I'm skipping past the car towing, which we should probably get back to, but um, in that same, the same idea, like, I like the idea that, you know, obviously we want them to be together and be cute and be in love and Vincent to just fall off this cliff and not ever come back. <laughs> but, um, like, she just got out of this relationship. She obviously, like, understands now that – and probably has for a while that, that that was not a healthy relationship and that she has bad ju- – like, you know, not bad. She doesn't have bad judgment. But, like, she knows that she's – got like an easily manipulated mind like you know if if someone's telling her these these negative things about herself like she's got enough self-esteem issues to to question herself um and i think that this is a good time for her to not be in a relationship as much as like tor seems like he'd be perfect for her and her Mm -hmm. him that like she i feel like i know a lot of friends that have gotten out of bad relationships and they took just time for themselves for a little bit even if it's just a short period of time just to realize like I like this is who I am on my own. Like I can be who I am with other people. I don't need to be who this other piece person wants me to be. Um, mm. 
And it, you see, like, in that, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, where she's, like, she's wiggling on the cliff. And that's, like, right before he says, like, you know, you don't slip off. Like, stop wiggling. Um, she, like, I feel like it's, like, she's shaking out her nerves. Like, it's, like, this was mm-hmm. an awful time in her life. Like, this is a beautiful, like, place she's with now. She's with a guy that's very nice. And she can just kind of, like, wiggle, be free, like, shake off all those feelings and just, like, be herself for a little bit. Um, I think they can both be themselves with each other. And that's just very, like, uplifting. And I'm... It's just I'm gonna I'm gonna cry. So let's <laughs> you guys. <go. laughs> well, I, I've always been in the mindset of like life is far too short to be miserable, and don't stay with somebody who makes you feel bad about mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think that's how we should all be. I don't think it's always you know it's easier said than done. Sometimes. Oh yeah, absolutely. True. <laughs> right, and I think you know going to what you were saying about her being alone. In that panel, right after she says, I think I'll be okay, there's a panel that just shows Toro looking at her with this, like, yeah. kind of, like, wistful look in his eyes and, yeah. like, wide. And I think in that panel, there's, like, two things going through his head. Mm-hmm. One is that, um, you know, she's available and I wish I could be with her. And two is that she needs to be alone and I need to, I need to be out of her life and I'm sad about that. Yeah. It's just so, so heartbreaking. Knowing the ending of this, that's definitely like you look at this through a different filter, definitely. After you like that's why mm-hmm. I'm it's really important to reread episodes, um, or chapters or whatever. But yeah, I, only I, about I, like ten times or so, ten times, twenty times should be sufficient, yeah, I think. A million. Um, but I got from that that like I I saw that he was kind of like impressed with her m- emotional maturity. Like she went mm-hmm. from sad, upset, obviously not comfortable with the situation doubting herself and now she's just like i can be myself i can be free and like i'll be okay and like i see him watching her like i, I don't think it, at first i thought it was like skepticism like almost like is that okay like can someone like is that an option can i be okay can i get out of this and like one day look back at this and be like wow that sucked but like i'm in a good place now or like is he just like impressed with her being able to bounce back like that and be positive about such an awful situation she'd been in well, I think I think with him, right, is like we don't know his full backstory, but we kind of have seen, you know, uh, bits and pieces. And his life is genuinely pretty dark, like he is in a dark place. So he kind of sees like this as the next step where he needs to go, but he doesn't know how to get there. And I think, too, there might be some sort of like. I guess emotional stuntedness because he's kind of had to bottle everything up. That's mm-hmm. fair. Right. I actually, I keep being impressed by his ability to be emotionally open and available as much as he tells her, you know, Oh, how do you do that? Be open with your feelings. I think that he is so emotionally in tune and I'm very impressed that he he's able to achieve that having grown up the way he did with no parental figure, you know, modeling behavior for him. Um, and you know, we, we know we had Alice and Joe and I don't know what they did, but like whatever, whoever was that influence in his life, I think is, it's amazing because like a kid like this growing up the way he did at such a young age being abused like that. Um, I think like the probability of them being scarred irreparably is tremendously high. And I don't know how he is as sensitive and as emotionally healthy as he is. Yeah, it's definitely he's um he's just an intelligent person, which I think helps a lot in this kind of situation. Yeah. He's, he understands, you know, he's he's he puts on like Poppy, he puts on that like dumb thug look um for other people's for his own benefit really. I think with Vincent probably knows better. Um but 
I think it's kind of his way of being able to protect himself. Um, and he is, he's just a smart, he's a smart man. He's, he's emotionally intelligent. He's actually intelligent. Um, and it's, it's cute to see. I think both of them use like dark humor as, as a way to kind of cope with these kind of things. Like he's probably been hiding his own true self for like all of his life. And a lot of that comes out in his like snark. And I think Poppy's the same way where like, she's this little cute little gremlin. Like, She's very <laughs> adorable. Like she's a little ball of energy and light. But like she's got a dark side and she's got some dark humor. And and um, I think they both kind of relate with that. Like when she's making fun of, of the car being towed in the, the next couple mm-hmm. panels and like hinting at Tora having to chase it down and like, oh, wow, like that would be an embarrassing to say. Um, <laughs> I think it's it's cute that he also notices. I think they both start to notice with each other that like there's so much more to them and that they started off their relationship like with their little masks on and they're slowly slipping away and they're like, wait a second. Like I used to think that like, she's like, I used to think that you were a scary thug and like, you're not so scary. And he's like, I used to think you were a cute little angel. And like, well, you're not, are you? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like he straight up uh, says, he's like, uh, I wonder how often you get away with being an asshole because you're small and harmless. And <laughs> she's like, yep, you get it now. <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think one of the things I love about this cartoon is that it's not all drama and romance. There's a lot of, like, humor in it as well. And I think, um, you know, my husband and I joke around a lot, and that's just a huge part of our relationship. And it makes um, it makes the cartoon more well-rounded, and it makes the relationship more more real as well. Mm-hmm. They're such goofs, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, like, they actually have banter. And the, the ability to banter with each other is also, like, it's not everyone can have that kind of connection with each other. So they're well-suited in many ways. Very true. Oh yeah, that's like always been my favorite. Uh, I can't say it's a trope, but like in romance, if there is like that banter and like that, you know, tension, I'm just like, yes, that's what yeah. I need in this. Yes, I crave, I crave that. <laughs> well, because yeah. it's true. Like if, um, because you see it in movies and like other things. Like if the two char- people like playing characters don't have any chemistry, mm-hmm. it's not enjoyable to watch. Like. If you've watched uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, those aren't enjoyable to watch because they have no chemistry. Yeah, there's just the plot and that's it. Yeah. I I 100% agree. Um, But, like, I mean, not that I like this um, because there's some issues, but the uh, 365 days, um, at least those characters have chemistry. Although... I have many things to say that I won't go into, mm-hmm. uh, but it's super rapey. Oh, uh, I don't think I've, I haven't seen it. Don't. Yeah, me yeah. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Yeah, no, this this is one of those those things that I can recommend to everyone I meet. I'm like, you, have you read Midnight Pipeline? Do you even like webtoons? That's too bad. Read it anyway. You're going to love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too bad. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit you down, peel your eyes open, and scroll for you. Oh, I'm at mm-hmm. a point where I might have to do that with my best friend and be like, I will read it to you. All you have to do is like <laughs> flip it up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. <laughs> Um, at this point at this point I'm like I'm just reading the episodes with my husband because I just I talk about it so much that I have to I just have to show it to him because like he just has to know I'm just talking about my husband he's like I don't he he does not like fiction at all and like I will explain he's he's a good sport about it he's like yeah sure like he he talks to me about hockey and I'll listen and I talk to him about Lily Dusk's work and he'll listen (laughs) 
Um, and like, he doesn't get any of it. And like some of the questions he has, like, like, I just want to smack him upside the head, but I'm like, you know what? At least you're listening to me. <laughs> I'm okay with it. But I don't understand how anyone could not love fiction. Well, it's, uh, yeah, like I got my, uh, my other friend um, from Chicago to get into this. And this would have been like about a year ago when I was first reading it. And she just fell like head over heels. And I was just like, yes, I've brought you over. Wow. She's actually, she's actually like in our group, um, but doesn't really participate much. But uh, she is, she is my perfect Torah because we role play together. And, you know, it's Aww. just, I know. Like it, it's my favorite thing to do, and it's so nerdy. No, nerd is good. This it's is the nerd zone. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Do that back. Haven't done it since, but my, my husband plays D and D's, and he's the dungeon master. So if you're talking nerd and role play, that's right up <laughs> our alley. Covered, yeah, <laughs> we all have our own brand of nerd. Ours just happens to be a adorable thug, and his perfectly <laughs> fine. Yep. Yeah, so getting back to this, so Poppy talks about how, oh, Naren's a pretty incredible place and she should bring her easel here one day. And then, you know, Tora slides into the sadness and he says, yeah, if you can find someone who knows the way up, not many people do. And she goes from being all wiggly and cute, right? And then she has this like serious expression on her face and she says, Tora. And there's another panel of just her serious expression, which is again like Lily cinematography. <laughs> and then another panel of Tora looking wistfully at the distance because he knows what she's going to say. And then she says, the saddest words on planet Earth is this goodbye for us now. Okay. Yeah, this this was one of my first breaking points when I was reading this. And what I got um, from this, like him bringing her up here, and it, it hit mostly in this this panel of um, him saying, you know, if you, if you can find someone that knows the way up is – that this is like this seemed to be a safe place for him. Like in the previous episode, he was talking about how this is a place he could come and just like skate with his friends and not have to worry about what everyone else wanted from him. Like at that point, he was working for Vincent already, um, and he could just kind of like just get away from the world and just be himself up there. And I liked that he was sharing this place with her because it's almost as if like one he can picture her up here now. Like this is a place that like maybe in the future she would come back to, and if he actually thinks this is goodbye, like he can think of her being up there in a place that meant so much to him. And also that it seems like it could be an actual safe, safe place. Like there's a myth mm-hmm. and legend surrounding it. A lot of people don't come up here. Um, and like a lot of people can even find their way up here. So like, if she can, if she can be up here, like this is just like a good spot for her to be safe and just to be herself. And they're having this open mm-hmm. conversation. Like he can, he can remember that like this was Poppy being Poppy in this place that was special to him. Um, and that cried <laughs> even more. <laughs> That's the thing, that moment of, like, realization on her face where she was, like, excited and happy and then, like, her, like, her face almost just fell and she's, like, that realization and then says, you know, hey, this is, this is it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The fact that she, she brings it up, you know, it shows that it's important to her. If it was something that wasn't a big deal to her, she'd be like, okay, bye, Tora. You know, that's the end of that. But she brings it up. She wants to talk about it, and it's, it, it means something to her. Oh my god! I can't. Look at this, my pride. This is so horrible. Yes. And <laughs> so she says, you know, like you said in your text, and then it goes into this other um, section, which basically tells you why he wants to separate from her, and like the whole reason all along that he said that he can't be with her, and super sad. You know, basically, um, some the guys that are on this 
these are two guys on the street, which I actually originally thought that these were the two guys that Tor was walking behind. But I realized it can't be because, um, you know, it's this is some, something that's happening that night. Um, so basically, two guys are saying that, you know, it's the top dogs from the Nine Daggers were gunned down at a party and that the Nine Daggers gang are new kids and they're vicious and they want to take down the Baltimore clan because of their mi- missing um, clan general, Goliath. Yeah. And, yeah, and they say that the Baltimore's shadow division has some of the deadliest hitmen in the region, which, you know, presumably now, Tora, we this part of this very fancy-sounding shadow division. <laughs> and um, talks about how they had a lot of hits and they didn't have any, sing- you know, a slip-up and the Baltimore clan leaders are dirt-free, which is, I found that interesting because um, I looked up the Yakuza a little bit and, you know, it's like interesting how it's like part of Japanese society, or at least it used to be from what I understand. And it's like organized and some of it is like reputable and some of it is not. So anyway, I found that interesting to see. I guess it's kind of like it, over here in like Western society, we think more of like the mafia, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and like those... Um, the 1970s and like the the mafia and the gangs and that sort of thing that it's usually like in tv but um yeah it kind of like gets into this uh this backstory about um like the shadow division which we've seen like bits and parts of taurus past right where he's like um putting the bandages on his hands and uh things like that so i mean taurus killed some people like you know he's done some messed up stuff we just we don't know what but like yeah it's it's probably like um oh what was his name there's there was like this hitman called the Iceman. i like i kind of think of that and i'm like oh no that's a dark place (laughs) oh well this is definitely i mean this is definitely a dark place um i was cut Go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I thought this was a good background information too, um, because I mean I, I like the use of of flashbacks and stuff. And this is kind of like almost like Tor starts thinking about her question about why they're not going to see each other again, and then we fade into this, which is not actually his memory. Like he doesn't know this is going on, but it's it's a similar idea where it's like it transcends like time and space, and then all of a sudden we're we're getting a glimpse into something that neither of them really know about, which is this conversation. Um, and it was a good background information about like who Goliath is, like who the nine daggers are. Like, it seems like they're actually like a new startup clan um, because they, they talk about how they're like the new kids on the block trying to take down Vincent. Um, and I'm trying to think of, I'm looking at this, this, these panels again, but um, it's good to see because I was, I was wondering if Tor knows these people, like he, he just shot a significant, like a few number of these, of, this clan um and it says that goliath is their their general so um i'm trying to figure out now i'm like i'm not a tinfoil hat person like i don't i just like to kind of go around for the ride but now i'm trying to like piece together all the little details of like of who who they are like we know that torah mentioned that a lot of his group like split afterwards like how many people went with goliath like he doesn't torah only mm-hmm. quincy out of their old little gang like 
are these some of his friends that he's going to be fighting next? Um, oh yeah, because like, cause, like they, they completely split apart. But that doesn't mean that you know Tor stayed with Quincy mostly because that was his job. But um, but like, how many of his other friends went with Goliath are going to be in this clan or are like part of this new like little startup gang? Um, and that's like going to be heartbreaking because he might be fighting his friends. Oh my god, you can't. How did you make it even more sad than it already was? This is the problem. I need to stop wallowing in, in, in depression, but like this is just, I, I live for this terrible, heart wrenching. You know? Well, because the thing with Goliath, right, is like we kind of see beforehand that uh, in society, like um, for I guess lower level um, like thugs, Goliath is a legend. And I think it's because he rose from, you know, being like in this crappy little gang, right. Of, you know, kids essentially to being, you know, the head of this other one that's starting to rise up in the ranks. Yeah. So yeah. And uh, now that I think about it, the, these two that are talking kind of look somewhat familiar. I don't know if they do to you, but in that picture, like there's a couple of different people in there. I did go back and look at that too. You're not, so you're not. We're on okay, the- it's not just me. Yeah, I don't. I I think I think we're grasping at straws, but there's definitely a possibility. I I definitely looked at it and I was like, it could be. Like there's, you know, we don't know, but it it could definitely be them. I love how everybody is so obsessed. I love it. I love it. It's yeah. <laughs> um, not the only one. So I want to quickly talk about anarchy yeah. just because yeah. um <laughs> if any of you are on patreon yeah. then the, you definitely know who he is this whole podcast is going to be a plug for lily's patron like everyone just get over there yeah. now because oh like, absolutely <laughs> uh, of course if you are over 18 then yeah, no. please. but if you're under no <laughs> um but yeah no it is uh that's a particular favorite one mm-hmm. uh, of mine, but like it was kind of nice to see it kind of harp, um, harping back to it a little bit. Little Easter egg, yeah. It's like we have yeah. There's bride peppered in there. Um, as kind of like mm-hmm. the base of this, you've got like characters coming from little alternate universe things. It's really, it's just like it makes me. This is good um, comic relief. Like we needed this guy, this this weird gigolo with a toupee to show up and be like, it's okay, I know you're crying, but, like, I'm about to rip my pants and you can laugh at me, so, like, we're good. Yeah, exactly. Like, my life is a mess. <laughs> yeah, like, this guy is the one we really should be crying for. Like, this is his life. <laughs> yeah, like, his car got stolen, he just ripped his you know horrible suit and at least all of his parking tickets are paid off silver lining this guy you know he's not he doesn't have it too bad (laughs) (laughs) which to me is again what um just shows torah is a gentleman you know he stole his car which i i actually don't understand why he had to steal the car but it it tells you that you know he was at a bakery and then his car disappears so this is obviously right you know this blue car that he shows up with when he goes to meet her on the roof two days ago so actually, do you guys know why he would steal a car rather than just like renting one for two days till he gets his red car back? Um, so that it wouldn't be detected, I think, because if you rent uh, rent a car, there's like cases with uh, license plates and they can, you know. Um, so I guess he wants this guy to take the fall for shooting up people. <laughs> Also, like, it's quicker. Who wants to go through paperwork? You could just, like, hotwire this guy's car, be off in five seconds, and then, you know. I didn't even think about that. Like, I didn't even... 
Like he's got a muffin that's probably still warm that he's got to get to Poppy. I mean, like he can't go through paperwork at a at a Hertz or or a. <laughs> he just needs the car quick. This guy's got it here. It's his fault that he was you know taking a pee somewhere, and this is just a perfect opportunity. <laughs> It's so funny because mm-hmm. I do ads for Hertz all the time. So yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> don't use this company. Just hotwire someone's car. It'll be fine. <laughs> and um, what's interesting also is that I didn't um, somehow the car like gets right back to where Aniki is. And um, I don't know if that was like intentional on Torres part or if it was like coincidental that he or he just figured he would be around that area. But like him returning it with money on the dashboard um, as much as, yeah, Tora did steal his car, he is a really kind soul. Like, he gave Poppy money, and he's giving this guy money, which is just him, him being a gentleman and having, you know, his, his standards. Yes. He's a he's a good thief. He, he returns is. things. <laughs> yes. Just borrowing it. He's a sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> Probably got it washed, too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> got it uh, upholstered or yeah. whatever. <laughs> oh, love funny. it. And then, and then we get back to the heavy stuff. Which mm-hmm. is the so this this is a part that I have a lot of speculation about. Um, where we're back to you know, yeah, we leave we leave Anki with his ripped pants, and we get to this another beautiful overlook scene. Um, and Tor is like trying to be honest about what's going on in his life. Like he's talking about how you know like his boss is ready for him to move on to his next project. Um, and when he says, was it, it's, yeah, uh, but I settled everything now, more or less, meaning, you know, with his old project, which was Poppy, I think, which is the notebook. Yeah. Um, it brings me back to the other episode where, um, was it two episodes ago, three episodes, three episodes ago, I think, where um, we get the glimpse into Vincent talking about the notebook to him. And um, Gyu, I say Gyu, like, I don't, I don't know what everyone else says, but like, I think of like Yudon, um, like the beef bowl and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, he says like you know like check the papers tomorrow and that seems like a big tip off to me and then we you know we get into uh vincent showing tora the papers about like the yacht blowing up and the rats infesting things um and it says that the nine daggers were behind it and is as revenge for um for goliath and i have to wonder like that's definitely possible i mean that makes sense the other option is that you and tora were orchestrating some kind of something so that it did look like that notebook was a red herring um and just to get everyone off of poppy's case because we know that tora in chapter five we know that tora took on the notebook gig you know he's like oh i need a raise as like just a bravado to kind of like make it seem like he's not too eager to take this job um but he took Mm -hmm. it that he could protect poppy so that martin and his boys don't look into this um so like this whole this whole quote unquote project that he's been working on is to keep Poppy safe, um, and he can't actually tell her this. So he's basically just saying like we're good, it's settled. It's like basically him saying like you're okay now. Like I made sure that you were fine, and now we can say goodbye, and I can quote unquote fuck off from your life. Like um, this is this is him like kind of connecting like all of his little loose ends and setting her free. Well, yeah, yeah. I didn't see it that way. That was um. Wow, that was nice. What did you see? Next? I mean, I don't. This is just my own rambling. So I want to know other people's yeah. opinions. No, I did see as related to that, but I thought, um, like, I didn't connect it in the way that you did. Like, where you know he was thinking of keeping her safe as much. Like, I was thinking that he was trying to find the notebook with her, and then he just figured, okay, it's not with her, and I'm giving up on that, and like she doesn't have it. Well, that's the thing. If it was like Martin's uh, guys. 
Like Poppy would be dead. Yeah. Oh. Oh boy. Yeah. So if you look, so because the, the, there's one scene in chapter five where when he finally leaves that room, like um, he walks out and he's imagining himself back in in that know, cellar crate, whatever he's in. Um, and Vincent's looking down at him, and you know you're not scared, are you? And then um, he he reminisces on like like you dodged a bullet there, sweetheart, because like he stepped in, and the other option was going to be people that didn't care about her life um, mm-hmm. taking over this job. And uh, he kind of, you know, came out of quote unquote retirement or whatever, you know, vacation sabbatical of, of babysitting to uh, Quincy to, to really look into this for her sake. Um, and he just happened to be lucky that he was there and saw her before anyone else got wind of this um, was how I took it. And it's so interesting. That makes more sense. Cause I was, I read that as like, Oh, you dodged a bullet, sweetheart. As in like, Oh, you know, I like you and and but if you were with me, you would have like this terrible life and you dodged the bullet being me. But that makes more sense what you said. Oh, I love I just I love that angsty, like, you know, he's literally like sacrificing himself for not sacrificing himself, but like he's he's doing something that like he probably doesn't want to do for her sake. Um, and that's just he doesn't know her, and that just makes me so like it you know, it's not one of those like, oh my god, true love at first sight things. Like we know mm-hmm. we know they're ending up together, like this is just gonna happen, but um it's just that he's such a nice guy. He's a gentleman. Like he doesn't want this girl who's a civilian to get dragged into their, into their situation. And that's what this whole like first, I don't know, it's not an arc, multiple arcs, but this whole first part, like we mm-hmm. kind of like, we're at a closing scene right now of mm-hmm. this, this was everything that Tora has been working towards to be able to cut her free from, from this unfortunate situation that she just happened to find herself in. And now he's, he's, this is his, um, like closure honestly with her at this moment after all the hard work he went through to keep her out of it and and that's what makes this so sad to me but just wait a few chapters because they'll be back oh yeah, yeah. we're not we're, we're good quincy's gonna quincy's gonna fix everything <laughs> oh oh yeah like because she has to work with quincy right so yeah. I, oh, um yeah go ahead. oh uh well I, I was just gonna uh go on to the next part where he said um he asks her if she's relieved, you know, like no more big scary thug, you know, knocking on your uh, door. And she's just like, oh, so you weren't kidding about all that stuff. Mm. And then like that sad little look in his eyes is just like, oh, my heart. Yeah. So I had, yeah, I literally have in my notes in capital letters, my heart. So um, in that that scene for me, I, I looked up like the symbolism of hands. Um, and so hands are i think it was where do i have my note here so aristotle defined uh hands as like the tool of tools it's like the it's a symbolism of strength power and protection um but it's also the symbol of generosity hospitality and stability like lending a hand and in this scene where um where she's finally like she's asking for the truth here she's she's at the point where it's like you know this we've been playing this game we've been going back and forth with this like baby thug like you're a thug kind of like playful you know i can scale your building and break into your apartment dance yeah. um, and she's finally like she's finally actually like she went from not pushing him you know giving him a space letting him have his secrets to being like okay this is we're not gonna see each other anymore like just be straight with me like this isn't this wasn't a game um and he goes from his hand supporting her and holding her through her through her ranting and troubles and reminiscence of bad relationships in the past and he lets go one to give her space to me and two he he has his own hands clasped like it's almost as if he's like wringing his hands where he says um in the panel uh 
might not be able to tell you everything about me, but I've been as honest with you, uh, been as honest as I can with you about everything else. He's wringing his hands. Like she's, she's got her hands clenched. I'm pretty sure if she opened her hands, you'd see little half moon circles from her nails. Like she's like squeezing them and he's wringing his stuff. Like he's giving himself his own support. Like he, he needs his hands right now because he can't, he can't be there right now for her because he can't be completely honest, but he kind of needs his own strength to confront this, you know, this truth for her. Mm-hmm. Right. And I also saw that as like, um, once he's admitting that he's a thug, he's taking his hand away from her because he knows that he can't be with her and mm-hmm. he won't be able to have that relationship with her. Mm-hmm. But he can. No, this isn't the end. <laughs> I know. No. I, I, thank God Lily Dusk is a romantic. I mean, if she wasn't, I, I wouldn't be able to read. I mean, like, I do love some great, like, there's some great webtoons that, like, I know they're going to just be killing off characters left and right, and I'm going to be like, why? I know it's, it's I, I would not be able to handle it in this. No, this no, I can't. I would, I would, no, I couldn't. I would we're just die. Have a break. Like, there's definitely going to be, I don't know if there's deaths, but we're going to have some people sacrificing a lot of stuff, I think, for these two characters. <laughs> um, close friends, but no, just not them. <laughs> So like he he does say he's like yeah I've been as honest with you as like I possibly can and then she kind of changes the subject where she's like so you think I'm pretty but then we see like memories uh, from her time with uh, jewelry I think anyways jewelry I don't know I I think that's what he uh, is that what he said. Yeah. to her like where yeah. it, it's like a the flashback flash yeah the fuzzy bubbles with the yeah. them. yeah that's 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 jewelry's words yeah and like they're really shitty things that he said to her oh my god such a dick sorry <laughs> like it, it was like things like yeah maybe you should put on some makeup no idea how it works just you know make yourself look naturally pretty like As just that's like the easiest thing in the world like natural makeup <laughs> is hard dude Oh, yeah. Like you put on if somebody you go somewhere and somebody's like, oh, boy, you look tired. You're like, oh, thanks. Just, yeah. just tell me I look like shit. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, back it up, buddy. You don't know what I did there. But oh. yeah, it's actually quite sad. That it moment. Is. So, OK, I have another soapbox rant here. So and uh, apologies. Like, I know this can be a very cute term of endearment, but babe. So I've I've got a big I've got a a. a particular pet peeve with that term because like I know a lot of couples use it and it's very cute but I've seen so many bad relationships where like they use babe as like a way to say like it's almost as if like a like a a butt like it's like a they're trying to say something mean but they preface it with like babe so it's not it's not mean it's like hey thanks for the race ball babe I liked it but maybe not Mm -hmm. so much making them anymore it's like as if like they're trying to play off a negative comment or like honestly just a mean thing with like oh but i'm but it's we're being cute like i'm trying to be affectionate with you babe but like maybe put on some makeup and like that just made me so kind of made me laugh just because i've seen that so many with like friends that like i'm i'm like you need to really talk about your relationship right now because you're you're yelling at each other but you're calling each other babe as if like that makes it okay and it doesn't mm-hmm. it just it's that 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 term of endearment does not take away the fact that you're being an asshole right now oh my right. god um, i've actually seen Right. To me, babe is always one of those words that is used um, like in a demeaning sense. It's different to me than, and again, it could be that like, this is, maybe this is how we use it in our culture more or to my memory, when I, when I see it used, it's used like in a demeaning way. Like I control you and you're my girlfriend. And rather than like a genuine affection, like honey or sweetheart, that's what I see at least. 
I think any I think any term of endearment can be made negative. Like I don't mean to like I'm sure there are plenty of people that use it and it's cute. I don't want to be at all. No, um it's it's funny that you mentioned that because um I I was in a relationship like this was year this was like 10 years ago, like a very long very long time ago when I was 19 and my f- boyfriend at the time called me babe, but then he would say shitty things to me yeah, like, what? like all the time. And like, I, I went a long time. Like when you wow. said all of this stuff, that was like my realization where I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> like the, he would say mean things and then call me babe. And like to this moment, I thought it was cute yeah, and not realized that like, uh, sorry, I'm just like, no, please go. I, like, oh, I, bye. Like yeah, I, I have a real, me and my husband, whenever we, uh, this is this is probably mean but we have, we have this one couple that like they they obviously just need to talk to each other mm-hmm. like like they're I'm, they have a lot of good qualities to them but like when they fight they do this and like we'll leave their house and i'll just be like babe like do you remember like what they were talking about at dinner and he's like babe i don't even like this was just and i'm just like I'm, we're being mean but like, i like i don't know how to tell them like they need to talk this out because just calling each other babe does not take away the sting of the words that you're giving to each other. Like you need to have an open conversation and like communication is key, which another thing I love about this couple Poppy and Tora, like they communicate and when they can't, they they're honest about it. Like, Hey, like, you know, this is on like Tora Poppy asked about her, his boss. Like, this is not okay. We can't talk about this right now. And she's like, okay, cool. Backing off. Um, and that's perfectly fine. Like a lot of people just need to communicate better in a relationship and terms of endearment are absolutely adorable. Like when Poppy, when Tora calls Poppy sweetheart, I'm melting. I'm chucking my panties across the room. But like, <laughs> if he was to say something mean and then call her sweetheart, I'd be like, okay, this is no longer a cute term of endearment. Like get all, like off with you. Be away. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that so is. Oh, soapbox rant done. No, no, I love it. Like that was uh, very profound. And, but like, yeah my mind's like blown right now I'm just like oh my god that relationship yeah I was I was reading that last night and like I felt very validated when I saw Lily's use of babe in those sense I'm like oh my god like does she get it has she heard this is this something like she's seen in her life because it bothers me so much yep and that's why we all love Midnight Poppyland because it is so realistic and we all can bring our lives to it because it reflects it Mm. yes and that's good storytelling so then like after she said like how you think i'm pretty and then he goes Mm -hmm. like jesus bobby like look in a damn mirror and tell me like who wouldn't say that and she just like looks at him with like like there's tears in her eyes she like there's devastation there because she needed this yeah yeah Mm because you know her ex-boyfriend was a complete like dickhead <laughs> so let's just call it what it is he was a complete and utter douche monkey <laughs> yeah and Tora's like blushing while he tells her this because he's being serious and for him to be serious and earnest is hard yeah. he does it a lot but it is hard for him and he's telling her how he really feels and that's something that is significant for him and so he's like blushing when he tells her that yeah, I can't oh, I love we're recording but I'm wiggling right now like this just this whole thing just made me so happy because like he's God, he's just so cute and sweet and she needed this like she just she's she's so emotional right now and i love that well yeah, that, he built her up you know jewelry jewelry tore her down and torah builds her up but she she's like thank you and i know that this is kind of late to like mention this but like it's nice to have met you and then oh, that hug <laughs> oh my god i could just stare at it forever 
And like their size, like he's got her enveloped and she's like, like later she's like patting him because she can't get her arms all the way around him. Like, woof, woof. <laughs> and I, I don't think he gets a lot of hugs. So it's no. like, he's good at them. Look at that. That looks like I can feel that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good hug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And like, yeah, she started crying and then like he grabbed and she starts wiping her tears away with her hand and he grabs her wrist and then like, like you see that he just like spontaneously hugged her because he was so overcome with emotion and, and need and he just like can't and he needs her and he like needs to have that touch. Hmm? It's overcome with need. Heck yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, this poor guy, like this is the person that he's been able to open up to and like he has this connection with her and you know she starts crying and opening up and being emotional with him and he just can't he needs to hug her oh this is just this was uh, yeah I, like you guys i was staring at this for who knows how long yesterday and like again with the dark humor like he's like this is why i'm not in the pr department like come on bro like he's just like stop being self well i feel like she appreciates it i think like both of them have very self-deprecating senses of humor and like and then she starts mansplaining to him about like oh self-deprecating that means and he's like sweetie like enough like i we're not playing this game anymore i'm not stupid <laughs> like i don't like, shut up and hug me back <laughs> yes exactly like i feel like we've, we've done this song and dance again like you you called me on it before i'm calling it on you now like i know what self-deprecating means hug me and just let's have this moment oh which to me is again like i love how he's able to ask for that you know again mm-hmm. like i don't know how he has that level of self-love to be able to ask for that you know given his background but he does he he can say hug me back that is so to put yourself in that vulnerable situation and ask for someone to give you that that love back Mm. even though like okay you know he's just saying hug me rather than love me but that's essentially what it is you know give me that love back and i and i love like as they're talking during this hug where he's like uh well she ends up saying stuff and she's like, it feels more to me like you've had a rough night. And he's like, I've had rougher. And she's like, <laughs> I'm going to throw you off this cliff. But like he did have a rough night. He shot people hours ago. Like, yeah, that's true. Mm. He did. Yeah. Like, dude, like this is just, I can't like, first off, I just love any kind of sexual innuendo. Like I, I, I live for that. Um, I'm probably a fifth year, fifth grade boy in my mind. Um, <laughs> So, like, anytime, like, they come up with this, I'm like, yeah, like, deflect. I'm okay with it. Um, And it's just, (laughs) she recognizes, though, that, like, even though he's, like, being a snarky man, like, she somehow knows without him telling her that he had an awful night. And we also know that he sent her a text indicating that, like, this is, this is kind of it for them. That This is, like, going to be their last, you know, hurrah. Um, But on top of that, she realizes that, like, he needed this tonight as much as she probably needed it too. And that's just like, they're so emotionally intelligent. I don't, I wish I could be them and be this, you know, amazing. Um, you definitely are because we're, you know, you guys are both here and doing this amazing analysis. So trust me, I mean, you guys are both very emotionally intelligent as well. Better, it's insanity. It's it maybe a little mixture of both. <laughs> <laughs> But I, oh I love God. that, like, they have this back and forth, right? And he starts, like, laughing, and she's well, just like, oh, you know how to laugh? Like, <laughs> my toes curled, okay? He's he's literally giggling in her ear, and she's, like, oh she's calling him out on it. Like, that's, like, it was just, I could feel that that breath oh on her. Um, well, she yes, even says, exactly. she's like, it sounds like a little car trying very hard to start its engine. <laughs> so cute. I love it. Yeah. 
like, like you said, by the way, when she said that, I was also able to feel his like warm breath in my ear. It's like, oh, I love that vivid imagery. Yeah, so oh, vivid. And I, I said this in my, my weird patron um, case study, but like I, I did this thing about Poppy using her wits or her physical violence as a retort like when when she's completely with it she can like come up back with a snarky um like you know retort or she plays dumb or she does something like witty to kind of diffuse the situation but when taurus says something sexual or like suggestive she results to physical violence um and (laughs) it happens here where she's just like she's just like she's done she can't think she can't be witty when he's like making her flustered so she just results to like punching him in the nose or you know uh manhandling him and in this in this case um she threatens to chuck him what what does she say i have to find out where it is but like when he's when he says oh here we go unless you want to be thrown off over the cliff this time like when he (laughs) makes his rougher comment like she's like i can't i can't think right now just like i'm going to chuck you off this cliff if you don't stop being inappropriate um and i just love that he kind of um I don't know like he he makes her not able to be smart like and i think that's what love is sometimes like emotions cl- cloud your mind like emotion takes away your intelligence sometimes because you just act on instinct and that's kind of her instinct is like i'm gonna hit you i'm gonna push over this cliff because i can't think of something funny right now you're making me flustered <laughs> yep i always like joke so my husband like i said like he's six foot four is huge and um <laughs> he's like a teddy bear and um, he's also, he like, he's sexual innuendo is his thing. Like every other sentence out of his mouth is sexual innuendo. And I've always been, my reaction is exactly that. I just give him like a punch. And he always jokes about how like, if he would ever do that to me, people would be like, he's abusive. Because I'm like <laughs> punching him all day long. But, but you know, when I do it, it's like this cute thing. And this poor guy has this reaction. Or, like I just like move my hand and he like flinches and puts his hand up. And he's like, this is abuse. <laughs> like, this is a double standard and I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not hard, you know, it's just this cute little punch. (laughs) A love punch. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's so adorable. And then like, you know, in this panel, Tora has his dimple coming up again and he has these laugh lines in his eyes. And oh my gosh, you could just melt. Yes, I'm I'm currently a puddle. (laughs) I'm just, I have no bones left. I'm just a puddle of Emily sitting on the couch, staring at those laugh lines and dimples. Yeah, yeah. it really is like a cute moment. Um, so then we kind of flash over to later that evening, right? Where Poppy just gets home and it shows that, you know, she didn't uh, bring out this cake that was in um, in that bag with her, right? Um, and that she bought it for herself. Uh, and it was... It was because she's turning 21 today, but he did, but she didn't tell him. Yeah. And this was like, I was confused at first because she said she bought it along. And then when he started taking it out, she decided that she didn't want him to see it. And that's why she distracted him with the braids. She says that she didn't want him to feel bad. So this reminded me of her last podcast with Lola. Um, She, she caught on with this. Um, I just, she didn't know it at the time. She, she said like it was at the beginning of your podcast where she was laughing about how it's like, they're talking about ancient Naren and like, you know, food, junk food and deflecting. And like, she, you know, he was making fun of her food choices. And all of a sudden she's like, Oh, braids, like we need to put braids right. in here. And like, she thought that was funny. And like, honestly, like I thought it was funny, but I skipped right over it. But like, she realized that like something weird happened there. She just didn't know what it was. And it's this, it's that she literally jumped, 
jumped topics because she didn't want him seeing the other junk food she had in her bag, which is her birthday cake. And I think that was incredibly perceptive because that went right over my head. Right. That is, yeah, so true. This is also why like, I wanted to have um, multiple people on every podcast because mm-hmm. I know that one person alone cannot get all the details and then all the nuances no, so of many. everything. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think she didn't want him to see it? I'm a little confused about that. It's like she said she doesn't want him to feel bad, but how would he feel bad? Like he would feel bad for her? Um, I think it's uh because she didn't want to make a big deal uh and take away from like their cute little date with it being her birthday, which like I get. Um because sometimes that like not that like people are obligated to wish you a happy birthday, but you know, you kind of, you suddenly become the center of attention. Like when it's mentioned that it's your birthday. Right. And I don't think she wanted that, uh, which was probably for the best because we were able to focus both on her and Torah with like this scene. I feel like there would have been a different mood shift if he had found out that it was her birthday. Yeah. Oh, and that he was leaving her on her birthday. Yeah. So I yeah I I read it similarly. I'm I'm one of those people that like I'm not really I don't mind birthdays. I don't have a problem with getting older. I think I prefer it honestly because um, mm-hmm. I look like I'm 21 when I'm 29. Um, so yeah, like I totally I totally thought you were like a teenager and then no, you know um, you said 29. I was like oh that makes more sense because you're yeah, you're I'm writing. Like- it sounds I'm, like a mature person in college i'd get like I'd, I'd go to to get food like my senior year and like the people that have seen me for four years like oh, are you visiting from high school and i'm like you've seen me four years now like I, I <laughs> um no but- i get that because i i legit look like i'm 12 in my, <laughs> in my basic training photo like i look like a 12 year old I and I, I was like 21 yes and i'm sure and this seems like poppy i mean well she's 21 but she looks young i mean um and so like I, I birthdays are just they're whatever to me and I don't I'm not one that likes to be the center of attention this is honestly like I I talk so much on Patreon if anyone met me if any of my friends saw this you'd be like who the heck is this girl I think the internet gives us way too much um <laughs> anonymity for us to just kind of let it loose but I'm normally a very quiet person I don't like attention being drawn to me and I think that's kind of the same with Poppy here that this night wasn't about her um mm-hmm. I it it was about it was about the two of them um and she also knew maybe at the time that she packed this, she was, she was caught up in, you know, it's my birthday. I want to have fun. And then she thought about whatever that text was that Tora sent. That was like, she, she knew that this was going to be it. Um, and what she didn't want to make this about her or even make him feel bad that on his birthday, they're quote unquote breaking up on her birthday. They're quote unquote breaking up. Um, that this, this didn't need to be a sad, she, she didn't want him to, to feel like he was coloring her birthday in a negative mm-hmm. way. Um, and she obviously cares about it. She, she seemed like she cares about her birthday. Who doesn't, you know, want to have a nice birthday. Um, and she wanted to spend it with him and have nice memories, not, um, to think of this as in a positive way as much as she could, you know, not to look back on her birthday and think like this was sad, but like she had one more nice night with Tora and now she can celebrate it with her family remotely. And, um, yeah. Essentially to me shows her strength, right? She's able to be self-sufficient and be alone to the point of celebrating her birthday alone because mm-hmm. she's strong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to mention too is, because uh, I, like, not that I predicted it here on the podcast, but I, but I did but I- um, <laughs> through a chat because uh, some of us mods have, uh, have our own little personal chat to kind of go over um, things that happen in the group. And I, I mentioned 
couple of weeks ago, I was like, hey, maybe um, Poppy has a deadbeat mom that's just like she's alive, but she's not there. And I was right. Yes, <laughs> so, God, the mom. The mom looks okay. like those eyes. Like she looks that, like a psychopath. <laughs> she really does. So um, I wanted I so I'm not sorry. I keep interjecting with all these crazy thoughts, but um, episode oh, 20, on. <laughs> episode 20, um, we see that's when, um, I forget what exactly happened in that episode, but she's, she, oh, it's when she texts Tora after saying, um, that she'll cook him dinner. Like she's in her, she's in her room. She flops down after, um, they had that confrontation outside of Alice's, um, and she texts him, flops down onto her bed. And as she's, she's thinking about, um, she says, she's reminiscing on, on Tor's reaction to her. Um, how, when she, he saw that phone call from, from Lane that he just kind of shut down and walked out and, and had completely put up walls. And she said, being iced out sure sucks. And then she glances mm-hmm. over to her nightstand and you see the, you see the picture frame. You can't see who's in the pictures, but you see the picture. Frame. And I saw that. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, I know that's something she wouldn't focus in on that panel unless it meant something. And now we know, like, the amount of times we're going to go back and reread these chapters and be like, that's what that was for. This is one of those moments for me where I was like, oh, oh my, my God. God. Poppy's mom. Mm-hmm. Talking about her mom. Because, like, look at that. Like, her grandma's all cute and smiley and her dad's all cute and smiley. And then her mom's, like, completely icing them out. Like, she is not emotionally available at all. Um, and that maybe so this is another part that made me cry because like God, like moms are like I mean not everyone's moms are different but moms are supposed to be there for you and like everyone has a weird relationship with their parents um I'm 100% closer to my dad than I am to my mom but at least my mom's emotionally there for me doesn't look like Poppy had that and like that's that's so sad and like I don't think Poppy I don't know if she actually cares but like it's almost like she doesn't care she's just like mom like I wish you well wherever you are and then she just focuses on her dad um and her grandma and that's like that's very strong of her but like it's just so sad that's the thing like i I don't know if any of you guys listen to podcasts about like murders and stuff you know i'm a 30 year old woman so of course right (laughs) um but uh most of those sorts of uh serial killers all had an issue with their mother. <laughs> yes, yes, always mommy issues. Give me daddy issues any day. Like, yeah, I'm fine with those. But mommy issues, you're right. They've all got like, you know. Oh, mommy issues are totally a thing that like is not talked about in society as much. No. Like, w- especially with like women, like everybody makes jokes of like, oh, you have daddy issues or whatever, which is like that's a serious issue for for some people out there. I don't think we should be making jokes about that, Mm -hmm. but mommy issues are just as bad and can really um, mess you up. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm not saying that everybody who has mommy issues is a serial killer, but like, I mean, (laughs) but but they are no, um, (laughs) but uh, like it, that, but Poppy might have bodies hidden in her closet. We don't know. (laughs) I mean, she's cute. Right. But like, he he put it out there that you know she's uh she's an asshole but can get away with it right and he's murdered a few people like who knows maybe she's a serial killer and this is a love story between two serial killers plot twist yeah <laughs> actually like um when Tora brings her up to the pavilion and he says that there's a, a curse that anybody who comes up here is destined to be in the mafia for life so i'm like uh oh because what is lily hinting over here like is she is she going to become part of the mafia mafia queen uh 
Poppy. <laughs> oh yeah, the the two of them, like that that's where the story is going. The two of them are going to take over the mafia and be a king and queen together. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. I'm not like I'm not the kind of person who like I don't have the tinfoil theories and I don't I don't read about like mafia and stuff like that like it's not my my forte in my genre so I don't have any like theory things so I specifically like, I read through all those like what is this 700 Patreon comments yesterday specifically because I knew people were going to be giving their their theories about the mafia and the mom and I was not disappointed so I'm gonna be um telling over some of the theories because like I don't have them myself but these are all things that people on Patreon came up with mm-hmm. so some things that people thought that perhaps the mom is um like a clan a clan family member some people were even speculating that she was um mrs baltiman or, or like whoever the, the girlfriend is. because they said she had the same eye color and they were like speculating about the mole being present and cut out and um i did what i wouldn't see it but that's a theory some people put out there or some people were thinking it. for me personally but i mean everyone's got their theories I, i'm not going to debunk anything <laughs> Yeah, so but they were thinking that there is some connection to the clan and maybe that's why she had to go away and that's why she's so stressed out in this picture. And also the fact that, you know, Tora, Poppy's dad um, had this like, you know, when he was in the tree, he was like, oh, you got to get out out of the tree. And it was like, to to me, it didn't make any sense. Like, oh, they might climb the tree. Yeah, so there might be more to Poppy's background than we that we don't know about that maybe she doesn't know about. And somebody was also saying, when she was sitting on that bed and saying what I have to choose between uh, him and like the police, that maybe this is something she'd had experience with in her own background. So I really could do anything. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm curious. So the other thing too, about like later on, right. Cause she blows out the candle, you know, makes a wish or whatever, but Mm -hmm. sees in the bento box that there, there's something Mm -hmm. left behind. Right. And Tora left his, uh, bracelet and his ring with a note. Now, my theory here is mm. he thinks he's gonna die. Oh, God, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> like, like he absolutely thinks he's gonna die, and he is passing these two very special things to him to Poppy, who is very special to him mm. because he thinks that, like, in this uh, in this war that's coming up. He's definitely going to die and he wants to leave something to be remembered by. Oh my God, my heart. So, yeah. So, okay. This reminded me of um, like a Shur's Bride where uh, Ulan is like, he's like, I, he was, he's fully ready to let you go home. Like, he's like, I will find someone to escort you back there. Like, there's war going on. You'll be safe. And like, he gives her like tips about like, this is when I'm going to be attacking. Like, make sure you're okay. And, secretly like he wants her to stay and like finally she's she she you know expresses that she's not going anywhere and he's like yes please like stay with me um and i feel like this was another parallel here where like there's a war going on there's you know physical war there now there's a gang war going on in this story and they've each found someone that they that is like their rock that they that they find worth living for but they're not sure that that's an option they're not they can't control if they're going to die what their fate is going to be um and they're they they want you know like Yua gets his mom's um, robe I don't what kind of you know garment and Poppy's getting Tora's ring and bracelet and it's just like one of those like I can't tell you to wait for me but I want you to wait for me kind of things and like I just I'm losing it again I can't it's just too cute no it is, it is but like she I think she knows that because she has the tears in her eyes. Yeah. 
Um, he says his name. <laughs> and and then we see like you know it goes back to some shots where um, Tora's outside and he's clutching something in his pocket, right? And he's waiting for her, and she comes out. Um, and, and it doesn't say anything, right? And it turns out he has like the that strawberry scrunchie in his pocket i think Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. what he's clutching but he never returned that either right no um and then she just kind of disappears and we're left with the darkness and him just kind of like looking off and then the panel goes a little bit darker because poppy was his light like it was oh that you know moment of like light in his life because and, and Lily mentioned this uh, in one of the last episodes. Tora's life is very dark, and Poppy was that little ray of sunshine, and now she's not there anymore. Yeah, I'm so sorry. We're all crying, and he looks down. Oh my god, this poor guy. His face is so disappointed, and. And just broken. Yeah. And so, again, this is another one of those moments where, like, I don't think we even fully understand the extent of how sad we are yet. Like, we, we're sad. But, like, it's our hearts are going to be ripped open again. Because, one, what's going on with the paper airplane? What's in there? Two, we don't know what we don't we actually don't know what that ring and bracelet mean to him like we do we know it was joe's mm-hmm. and that it was somehow important to him but like how is it passed on like what does it actually symbolize to torah other than just like joe's and presence in his life um like when we, if we get a backstory on that like i know we're gonna see him giving this to poppy it's going to break our hearts all over again and like i love also that Torah wants um like a kind of talisman with him always it used to be joe and now it's poppy um that yeah. used to have that ring and bracelet as his ground like as a grounding mechanism um almost like when people with anxiety need to fidget with something like t- playing with like paper clips or like fidget cubes or you know anything this is like his way to kind of like smoking is one outlet for him and i think some kind of connection with another person is another outlet um, I know, like, when I'm upset, I'll wear, like, my grandmother's necklace that she used to wear because, like, it makes me feel like she's present with me more. Um, yeah. I think that same thing I'm, I'm, here. Yeah, it's funny because I, I, wear, I wear my grandmother's wings, rings all the time, and she's still alive, thank God, but, like, she's a very important person in my life. So I, I wear her rings all the time, and it's it gives me strength as well. Oh, God, it's just so sad. And you're right. The, I, I wish I understood art more. Like, that's why I love, like, when I listen to Lola's breakdowns or something, like, I, I usually go to her when I don't, when I want to see more symbolism, because I, I do miss a lot of the art symbolism. But you're right with um, Ashleen when the, um, when the, uh, when it goes darker, that last panel is significantly darker than, than the other ones. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of a lot of color and light symbolism in here. Um, like Poppy's obviously glowing in those. Like she's wearing white. Her skin is pale. She comes with those little rosy cheeks, and like she's literally glowing in the moonlight. Um, and then she fades away, and it becomes dark again. Right. And then there's another one. Some someone commented on a Patreon that the second panel. You know, it's like first it's like the empty street, and then it's kind of like moving to the right but because he's searching for her and she's not there and the street is empty I didn't oh my god you're right now <laughs> and then also like we we forgot one we I don't know if we forgot but we we didn't talk about one detail that um there's a panel of Tora's sweatshirt in her hamper so and it, I was wondering about that I can't tell 
I know it's, I mean, it, it, I guess that makes sense. Cause like she obviously focused in on that, but I couldn't, I couldn't tell what kind of garment it actually was in there. I'm assuming it's a sweatshirt. I mean, that's the only thing that's significant enough for her to zoom in on. And it was in her hamper before in a previous time. Mm. If I were her, I would never wash it. <laughs> I, I wouldn't wash it. And I would just smell it all the time until like Torah comes back to me and I could just smell Torah. <laughs> but I'm perfectly fine oh with that. God. If it's creepy, <laughs> no, it's normal. So quick question: What do you think Torah smells like? Oh, I don't know. You know, someone asked this question on the Facebook. My my only thing I can think of is cigarettes, right? Because he smokes. Mm, that's yeah, true. Um, think of that there somewhere. I always thought it was something like woodsy, like cedar, musky kind of. Um, like, I was always like sandalwood. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Well, yeah, sandalwood's just a, like a favorite. So I feel like that's just me <laughs> wanting that. But yeah, I can definitely picture that. Sandalwood and cedar. Yeah, she says his jacket. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, that was it. Okay, yeah, she says his jacket has a musky smell. When she's at the police station, she's like, what's this musky smell? But I don't know. I don't smell people. Like, I, unless. I don't, I don't smell um, people. You're very polite. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I don't think my nose would smell people. Like, I smell my husband if I'm right next to him, maybe. But, like, I don't know. I, I only smell him when, when he comes out of the shower. That's when I smell anything off of him or if he's really sweaty. Like, I don't smell things. I don't know. Maybe my sense of smell isn't so No, that, that's, that's fair. Like, I know some people who are like, oh, I can't even walk by a Lush store without, you know, uh, and I'm just like, nah, man, I walk in there and I'm like, I'm fine because my, I guess my sense of smell is just off compared yeah, to other people. Them. Like Yankee Candles, those places terrify me. It's like sensory overload. <laughs> That's a, Well, yeah, because some people like they can't, uh, they can't even smell perfumes. Like I had a roommate and I, I'm very much a scent person. Mm-hmm. My roommate had like a scent allergy, so I was yeah. not allowed to burn any candles or anything. It was... Oh, that's rough. Yeah, no, I love I love scents. I'm just very particular about them, and I'm sure whatever mm-hmm. Torah smells like, I would be perfectly fine with. Um, so the one thing <laughs> I want to mention because I was like looking at the comments, right? <laughs> and uh, this one is 2D men before 3D boys. Um, who got top? Who has top comment on this, right? And they go, "This hug felt more intimate than any kiss or secret garden scene I have ever read." True. Simple power of touch, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. And do you remember, like, when you first met your significant others in the past, husbands, whatever, um, that, like, touch used to be so much more, uh, like, vibrant or, like, noticeable, or even when you touch, like, a stranger, like, you notice that, like, difference in body temperature, like, that different, like, you know, when you're in a relationship, you grow more accustomed to it. But, like, mm-hmm. at this point, like, sure, they've been touching each other a lot, the hand-holding, the running and grasping each other's wrists and stuff like that, but like uh, something that significant, like actually having your arm around it, like there's body heat, there's like the feel of muscles and then the hug. Um, I think touch is such a, like such a big, like stimulant in us. And yes, it's also incredibly intimate. Like even when you brush up against a stranger, you're like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Because like you, you invaded their space. You felt them. Which, like It's just weird. Um, but when this kind of situation where it's like mutual touch, it's like, it's just so, so intimate. It's, it's so, um, I don't know, like telling and and like evocative, and yes, that, that top comment was amazing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's interesting you say that because I, I totally have a lot to say on that. I grew up um very religious, Jewish, um ultra orthodox, and in Show the way I grew up, we didn't or ultra orthodox or, like. Like where you can't touch the opposite sex or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I grew up uh, in an all gender segregated society, all girls school. And, you know, we weren't allowed to like talk to, to guys. 
And um, my friend and I were always like very into romance, but like it, this is all in our like, you know, books and movies, yeah. which was already like Radical. pushing the limits where I'm from. And I never touched anybody. I, I didn't, I didn't date anybody, you know, until I got to like, you know, marriageable age. Um, you know, I didn't go out with anybody or even talk to boys. So like, that when I met my husband and I was like a rebel, like I met my husband and I have this whole story with like, you know, my family didn't want me to marry him because he's a convert and he's like, whatever, some totally different background than what they want me to marry. So that that's another whole like love story drama to itself. But yeah, we, I, um, I married someone that was Jewish and they weren't, I grew up Catholic. So it was, it was a bit of contentious, but yeah, God. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we can, we, I'm assuming, you know, we can talk more about that later. But anyway, when I first, um, hugged him he was the first man I ever hugged and I literally cried for 10 minutes after after I hugged him it was so it was so profound for me and it was so it was such a release like I felt um that feeling that I'd had when I would read romantic books and like when I would read about other people's romances suddenly like I felt that and it was like I just felt so at ease and I felt like that's how it should be you feel you just feel whole when you're touching that other person I think that's what's happening here I think you hit the nail on the head I love that that's beautiful, actually. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yep. Yeah. So here's like another interesting detail. So we, um, you know, he gave her the ring and the and the necklace. So first of all, the um, it's lying on like a napkin, and I think that's like you know he's put it in a food box, which could be dirty. So he protected it with a napkin, which is so sensitive of him. And then he also folded his note in the shape of a what? He's detail oriented. Yeah, and Lily is detail oriented too. Because my first thought is like, I'm like a little finicky. I'm like, oh, it's gonna get dirty. But <laughs> and then um, he folded his note in the shape of an airplane, which is his first interaction with her. Was he threw um, her note, you know, her filling mm-hmm. manual and research paper in the shape of a paper airplane? So Tora himself is so like sentimental, and you know, he's going all the way back to when he first met her. <laughs> oh my god! They're like, this is closure. You know, yeah. it's like beginning of their relationship and the end of their relationship. Paper airplane. God, yes, so many fields. I can't. Oh, and you know what else somebody said about the cliff in terms of if we're talking about symbolism? Mm-hmm. That they're um, at the edge of a cliff and Torah um, tied Poppy up because he wants to protect her from falling off, but he isn't protected. He didn't protect himself. And he's about to enter into this gang war. And he, you know, he doesn't feel that he has that grounding and that anchoring and that safety net that he gave Poppy. He doesn't feel that he has that for himself. He knows yeah. he's going to he feels he's gonna die yes they're like on the edge of a precipice literally and figuratively oh my gosh yeah this is insane this is this is i don't i don't know how lily does manage to pull this off because i hope she had a lot of cuddles and hugs and i don't everything emotionally supportive because i if we are this broken up reading this (laughs) like she's been she's been building to this for so long and then she had to create it and i can't i I don't understand how oh yeah because i mean like like she already had all this stuff like mulling around in her head for you know however long since she started the story right Mm -hmm. and then it finally you know comes to this point where uh well she she mentioned about like the the rooftop you know um because like she was waiting to do that for like two years because we um we never got that from like the original, right? Yeah. yeah. And you can kind of see like remnants of her art from like those scenes of her, like them in the apartment. Like mm-hmm. that's that's as far as we went. So like once we started to get some new stuff, it was like, yes, this is all yeah. I ever wanted for a year and a half. <laughs> so exciting. Yes. And you're right. So 
her, her point. I, I don't if people are on her Patreon page, she will give little insights. So again, get on over there. Yeah. Um, but she yeah. did mention that um, that rooftop scene was a big, like kind of saving grace for her. Like when she would have to write something sad and depressing, she's like, we're getting there. Like we're getting to a cute part. Um, and I wonder what our next cute part is because she needed to have something to get her through these episodes. And I can't wait to see what it, what it is because there's always something you need to look forward to when, when you're a creator of some kind that, you know, you need to get through these, these parts that you don't want to draw or write or um, tell. Um, I'm sure like the Vincent episodes are specifically um, hard for her. So I want to know what her next, you know, positive anchor is so that we can get there and be like, oh, this is why you're okay now because you knew this was coming. (laughs) That's the thing, though. Like, I don't know. As somebody who, like, writing, I love writing villains. I like when they're making, like, when they're absolutely horrible. Sometimes I'm just like, ooh, they're they're bad. Yeah. They're they're real bad. (laughs) And, like, that's how I feel about Vincent. I'm like, ah, it's my favorite psychopath. Yes, agreed. And I get that that might not be fun to write from, it depends on your personality, but, like, yeah, I'm totally there with you where I'm just like, ooh, he's a dirty boy. (laughs) Like, sure, he's also, I want to throw him off the cliff still, but at the same time, I'm like, give me some hate. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, sometimes, uh, I don't know you've noted but some of my stuff is uh when I post on the group is I shit post in my own group so I guess <laughs> um and, and that's the thing like I posted something about like oh yeah I'd call him daddy yeah. and I was just like uh uh-huh. I know that there's some people who do not agree but yeah. but that's I mean, the joy of webtoons you can you know have a little bit of creative license in your own as long as you respect the creator's actual vision for where it's going to go it's no you know you still have a little oh, along the way. And, and that's the thing Poppy is on board with like I I feel like Poppy knows what we want yes. so badly because you know between her putting uh the stuff on the secret garden and uh, you Lily? pardon you said Poppy you mean Lily? oh I meant Lily yeah sorry <laughs> Whew. technically no. a part of her so um but no like um yeah Lily <laughs> they're both flowers yeah uh, yes. but Lily definitely knows mm. what like we want. Uh, when it, when it comes to like the fans, like, I mean, on Patreon, we're all there for the smut, you yeah, know, right? and, and the like little details, but yeah. But I think she's, I think she likes her own, I think, you know, you can have a little bit of fun with your own creations and I think she can, you know, enjoy creating these sexy interludes for herself as well as for us because like this is heavy to write mm-hmm. so you might as well you know be able to force your your little bits of soul into sexy time to make up for um to make up for some of these these more heavy dense moments oh absolutely well guys i think we're gonna have to close out because this is a super long recording which i think every time we do the most, the most recent episode it's just gonna be super long yeah sorry but <laughs> No, uh, I'm the reason I started this podcast was selfishly so I could just talk and talk and talk about it and hear other people talk about it. So I'm sure whoever's listening to the podcast, that's what they're interested in. Yes. Well, I hope they enjoyed because this was a lot of fun. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. This is awesome. Yeah. Thank you so, so much, Emily and Ashleen, for for coming on and we'll see each other again. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Thanks so much. Bye.